Hi, hello, how are you? Welcome, sunshine, to the Waves of Joy podcast. My name is Shauna Jabell, a certified personal trainer, digestive health specialist, transformational nutrition coach, registered diagnostic medical sonographer, and successful six-figure entrepreneur. I am obsessed with helping women navigate the undercurrents of life. The time we spend together will teach you how to live simply, leave the mundane, travel the world, demystify happiness, and radiate joy. So get ready to massively up-level your life starting today. There is a common misunderstanding among all human beings who have ever been born on earth that the best way to live is to try to avoid pain and just try to get comfortable. You can see this even in insects and animals and birds. All of us are the same. A much more interesting, kind, adventurous, and joyful approach to life is to begin to develop our curiosity, not caring whether the object of our inquisitiveness is bitter or sweet. To lead a life that goes beyond pettiness and prejudice and always wanting to make sure that everything turns out on our own terms. To lead a more passionate, full, and delightful life we must realize that we can endure a lot of pain and pleasure for the sake of finding out who we are and what this world is, how we tick, how our world ticks, how the whole thing just is. If we're committed to comfort at any cost, as soon as we come up against the least edge of pain, we're going to run. We'll never know what's beyond that particular barrier or wall or fearful thing. Pima Chodron the wisdom of no escape. Now, I love to start my podcast with quotes from books that I love or whatever it is that we're going to be talking about today. And today I'm doing something a little bit different. I have to start this podcast by saying it is 3.30 in the morning. It is freezing cold here in Colorado. And why am I up so early? Well, I got up at 1.30 and I've never done that. I don't know if I've never done this. It's been a long time, but I went to bed at 7 p.m. That was just too early for me. After six hours of chemistry lecture, my brain was definitely not wound down enough to go to sleep, but my eyes and my head were so tired. So here we are at 3.30 in the morning, and turns out this is a really good time to record a podcast. I mean, it's freezing cold. I'm bundled up in a blanket, and I've got my bone broth here. However, speaking of that, kettle and fire, bone broth or homemade bone broth, highly recommend starting your day with that every single day. Heals and seals the gut and so freaking good for you. Tastes delicious too. So here we are. And like I said, I'm going to do this podcast episode a little different. So I'm not one to read right from a book for my podcast at all. I just talk to you guys. I tell you about life experiences. But there's something very, very powerful uh, about this chapter in this book that I've read multiple times. And there's no way to summarize it. There's no way to just generally talk about it. And I don't want to miss a line. So today I'm going to be reading something to you from this book. And I promise you, you're going to think that I'm just talking to you because the way that this book is written is so powerful. It's called The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And like I said, I've read it like multiple times. And just when I'm feeling like just a certain way, like I don't even know, I just open the book and it happens to always be to the right page. So like I said, today I'm going to read and this is chapter eight. It's called Let Go Now or Fall. And I'm going to read this to you and I hope you can resonate with it. I think it's it's very relatable. I Like I said, I'm not one to just read about other people's work. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit at the end. Um, but I think in life right now, especially, it's really, really important to embrace the edges we're pushed to. 
right? A lot is going on in life right now. A lot's always going on, but more now so than ever. And when we get really uncomfortable and we fear certain things, we tend to push that fear away or we stuff it down deep and it makes it harder for it to resurface and come back up. And if we embrace change and embrace this fear and just see it for what it is, we could live our lives very, very differently. Okay. So chapter eight, it is called let go now or fall. The exploration of self is interwoven with the unfolding of one's life. The natural ups and downs of life can either generate personal growth or create personal fears. Which of these dominates your life is completely dependent on how you view change. Change can be viewed as either exciting or frightening, but regardless of how we view it, we must all face the fact that change is the very nature of life. If you have a lot of fear, you won't like change. You'll try to create a world around you that is predictable, controllable, and definable. You'll try to create a world that doesn't stimulate your fears. Fear doesn't want to feel itself. It's actually afraid of itself. So you utilize the mind in an attempt to manipulate life for the purpose of not feeling fear. Now, people don't understand that fear is is a thing. It's just another object in the universe that you are capable of experiencing. You can do one of two things with fear. You can recognize that you have it and work to release it, or you can keep it and try to hide from it. Because people don't deal with fear objectively, they don't understand it. They they end up keeping their fear and trying to prevent things from happening that would stimulate it. They go through life attempting to create safety and control by defining how they need life to be in order to be okay. This is how the world becomes frightening. This may not sound frightening. It may sound safe, but it's not. If you do this, the world truly becomes threatening. Life becomes a me against it situation. When you have fear, insecurity, or weakness inside of you and you attempt to keep keep it from being stimulated, there will inevitably be events and changes in life that challenge your efforts. Because you resist these changes, you feel that you are struggling with life. You feel like this person is not behaving the way they should, and this event is not unfolding the way you want. You see situations that happened in the past as disturbing, and you see things down the road as potential problems. Your definitions of desirable and undesirable as well as good and bad, all come about because you have defined how things need to be in order for you to be okay. We all know that we're doing this, but nobody questions it. We think we're supposed to figure out how life should be and then make it that way. Only someone who looks deeper and questions why we need the events of life to go a particular way will question this assumption. How did we come up with the notion that life is not okay just the way it is, or that it won't be okay the way it will be? Who said that the way life naturally unfolds is not all right? The answer is fear. The part of you inside uh, inside that's not okay with itself can't face the natural unfolding of life because it's not under your control. If life unfolds in a way that stimulates your inner problems, then by definition, it's not okay. It's really very simple. That which doesn't disturb you is okay, and that which does disturb you is not. We define the entire scope of our 
outer existence, our outer, our outer experience based on our inner problems. If you want to grow spiritually, you have to change that. If you are defining creation based upon the most messed up part of your being, what do you expect creation to look like? It's going to look like a frightful mess. Now, as you grow spiritually, you will realize that your attempts to protect yourself from your problems actually create more problems. If you attempt to arrange people, places, and things so they don't disturb you, it will begin to feel like life is against you. You'll feel like that life is a struggle and that every day is heavy because you have to control and fight with everything. There will be competition, jealousy, and fear. You will feel that anyone at any moment could cause you a a disturbance. All they have to do is say or do one thing, and the next thing you know, there's a disturbance inside of you. That makes life a, a threat. That's why you have to worry so much. That's why you have all these dialogues going on inside your mind. You're either trying to figure out how to keep things from happening, or you're trying to figure out what to do because they did happen. You are fighting with creation, and that's what makes creation itself the most frightening thing in your life. The alternative is to decide not to fight with life. You realize and accept that life is not under your control. Life is continuously changing, and if you're trying to control it, you'll never be able to fully live it. Instead of living life, you'll be afraid of it. But once you've decided not to fight with life, you'll have to face the fear that was causing you to fight. Fortunately, you don't have to keep this fear inside of you. There is such a thing as life without fear. In order to relate to this possibility, we must first have a deeper understanding of fear itself. When you have fear inside of you, the events of life invariably stimulate it. Like a rock thrown into water, the world with its continuous changes creates ripples in whatever is held within you. There's nothing wrong with that. Life creates situations that push you to your edges, all with the effect of removing what is blocked inside of you. That which is blocked and buried within you forms the root of fear. Fear is caused by blockages in the flow of your energy. And when your energy is blocked, it can't come up and feed your heart. Therefore, your heart becomes weak. When your heart is weak, it becomes susceptible to lower vibrations. And one of the lowest of all vibrations is fear. Fear is the cause of every problem. It's the root of all prejudice and negative emotions of anger, jealousy. If you had no fear... You could be perfectly happy living in this world. Nothing would bother you. You'd be willing to face everything and everyone because you wouldn't have fear inside of you. The purpose of spiritual evolution is to remove the blockages that cause you fear. The alternative is to protect your blockages so that you don't have to feel fear. To do this, however, you will have to try to control everything in order to avoid your inner issues. It's hard to understand how we decided that avoiding our inner issues is an intelligent thing to do, but everybody's doing it. Everyone is saying, I will do every single thing I can to keep my stuff. If you say anything that disturbs me, I will defend myself. I'll yell at you and make you take it back. If you cause any disturbance inside of me, I will make you so sorry. In other words, if somebody does something that stimulates fear, You think they did something wrong. 
you then do everything you can to make sure they never do it again. First you defend yourself, then you protect yourself. You do whatever you can to keep from feeling that disturbance. Eventually, you become wise enough to realize that you do not want that stuff inside of you. It doesn't matter who stimulates it. It doesn't matter what the situation is. It doesn't matter whether it makes sense or whether it seems fair or not. Unfortunately, most of us are not that wise. We're really not trying to be free of our stuff. We're trying to justify keeping it. If you want to grow spiritually, you'll realize that keeping your stuff is keeping you trapped. Eventually, you'll want out at any cost. You will then realize that life is actually trying to help you. Life is surrounding you with people and situations that stimulate growth. You don't have to decide who's right or wrong. You don't have to worry about other people's issues. You only have to be willing to open your heart in the face of anything and everything and permit the purification process to take place. When you do this, the first thing you'll see is that situations will unfold that hit your stuff. But in truth, that's exactly what's been happening your entire life. The only difference is now you see it as a good thing, as an opportunity to let go. The stuff that holds you down periodically rears its head. When it does, let it go. You simply permit the pain to come up into your heart and pass through. If you do that, it will pass. If you are sincerely seeking truth, you'll let go every time. This is the beginning and end of the entire path. You surrender yourself to the process of emptying yourself. When you work with this, you start to learn the laws of the process of letting go. There's a law you will learn very early in the game because it's an unavoidable truth. You will learn it early, but you will fall many times while trying to adhere to it. The law is very straightforward. When your stuff gets hit, let it go right then and there because it will be harder later. It won't be easier if you explore it or play with it hoping to take the edge off. It won't be easier to think about it, talk about it, or try to release only part of it at a time. If you want to be free to the core of your being, you must let go right away because it will not be easier later. In order to live by this law, you have to understand its principles. First, you must be aware that there is something within you that needs to be released. You must then be aware that you, the one who notices the stuff coming up, are distinct from what you are experiencing. You are noticing it, but who are you? This place of centered awareness is the seat of the witness, the seat of the self. That is the only seat from which you can let go. Let's say you notice that something in your heart gets hit. If you let go and stay in the seat of awareness, what you are noticing will pass. If you don't let go and instead get lost in the disturbed feelings and thoughts that arise, you'll see a sequence of events unfold so quickly you won't know what hit you. If you don't let go, you'll notice that the energy that got stimulated in your heart works like a magnet. It's a phenomenally attractive force that will pull your consciousness into it. The next thing you know, you won't be there. You won't maintain the same perspective of awareness that you had when you first noticed the disturbance. You will leave the seat of objective awareness from which you saw your heart begin to react, and you will get involved in the shifting energies coming from your heart. Sometime later, you'll come back and realize you weren't there. 
You'll come back and realize you were totally lost in your stuff. Then you will hope that you didn't say or do anything you'll regret. You'll look at the clock. Five minutes will have gone by, or an hour, or even a year. You can lose your clarity for quite some time. Where did you go? How did you come back? We will address these questions shortly, but what really matters is that when you're seeing clearly, you're not going anywhere. You're simply sitting in the seat of centered awareness, watching your stuff get hit. As long as you're watching, you're not getting lost in it. The key is to understand that if you don't let go immediately, the disturbing force of the activated energy draws the focus of your consciousness. As your consciousness gets immersed in the disturbance, you lose your clear seat of the self. It happens instantaneously. There's no feeling of going anywhere anymore. You simply lose the fixed point of consciousness from which you are objectively aware of your surroundings. Your consciousness leaves the centered position of witnessing the many energies around you and you get sucked into focusing on just one of them. The leaving the seat of self is not generally a willful act. The laws of attraction will cause this to happen. Consciousness is always drawn to the most distracting object, the bumped toe, the loud noise, or the hurting heart. It's the same law both inside and out. The consciousness goes to the place that distracts it the most. That's what we mean when we say, it was so loud it caught my attention. It drew your consciousness to it. When a blockage gets hit, this same attraction takes place and the consciousness gets pulled to the source of discomfort. That place then becomes your seat of consciousness. After the discomfort settles down and lets you go, you'll naturally drift back towards your higher seat of awareness. This is where you sit when you're not distracted by disturbance. But as important as this higher seat is, it's equally important to see what happens when you're distracted by by the disturbance. Your seat of consciousness falls down to where the disturbance is happening and your whole world looks different. Let's analyze this fall step by step. It begins when you get pulled down by the disturbed energy. You end up exactly where you don't belong. The last place you want to put your consciousness is down there, but that's where it gets pulled. Now, as you look out through your disturbed energy, everything is distorted by the haze of your disturbance. Things that looked beautiful now look ugly. Things you liked now look dark and depressing. But nothing has really changed. It's just that you're looking at life from the seat of disturbance. Each of these shifts in your perception should remind you to let go. The moment you start seeing that you don't like the people you used to like. The moment you start seeing that your life looks really different. The moment it all starts getting negative, let go. You should have let go before, but you didn't. The trouble is, it's more difficult now. You could have taken one breath and let go when it started. Now it takes serious work to get your previous seat of consciousness back without going through the whole cycle. The cycle is the time it takes from the moment you leave your seat of relative clarity until you come back. This period of time is disturbed by the depth of the energy blockage that caused the initial disturbance. Once activated, the blockage must run its course. If you don't let go, you get sucked in. You are no longer free, you are caught. Once you fall from your seat of relative clarity, you are under the mercy of the disturbed energy. 
If that blockage is stimulated by an ongoing situation, you may stay down there for a long time. If it happens to be just a passing event and the energy released by the blockage dissipates immediately, then you'll find that you drift back up quickly. The main point is that it's not under your control. You lost it. This is the anatomy of falling. When you're in this state of disturbance, your tendency will be to act in order to try to fix things. You don't have the clarity to see what's going on. You just want the disturbance to stop. So you start getting down to your survival instincts. You may feel that you have to do something drastic. You may want to leave your husband or wife or move or quit your job. The mind starts saying all kinds of things because it doesn't like this space. It wants to get away from it any way that it can. Now that you've fallen to that point, here comes the creme de la creme. Imagine that while you're lost in the disturbed energy, you actually do one or more of the things that your mind is telling you to do. Imagine what would happen if you actually quit your job or if you decide, I've held this in long enough. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. You have no idea how big a step down that is. It's one thing if the disturbance is going on inside of you, but the moment you allow it to express itself, the moment you let that energy move your body, you have descended to another level. Now it's almost impossible to let go. If you start yelling at somebody, if you actually tell someone how you feel about them from this state of non-clarity, you have involved that person's heart and mind in your stuff. Now both of your egos are involved. Once you externalize these energies, you will want to defend your actions and make them look appropriate. But the other person will never think they were appropriate. Now even more forces are keeping you down. First you fall into the darkness and then you manifest that darkness. When you do this, you are literally taking the energy of the blockage and passing it on. When you dump your stuff into this world, it's like painting the world with your stuff. You put more of that kind of energy into your environment and it comes back to you. You are now surrounded by people who will interact with you accordingly. It's just another form of environmental pollution and it will affect your life. This is how negative cycles happen. You actually take a piece of your stuff, which is nothing but deeply seated disturbance from your past, and you implant it in the hearts of those around you. At some point, it will come back to you. Anything you put out comes back. Imagine if you got this upset and fully released your disturbed energies onto another person. This is how people ruin relationships and destroy their lives. How far down can you go? Once you're weakened, another blockage could get hit and yet another. You can fall all the way down until your life is an absolute mess. You can reach a point of total loss of control and completely lose your center. In this state, your previous seat of clarity may drift by once in a while, but you can't hold it. Now you're lost. Do you doubt that a single blockage getting hit in your heart could cause a fall that lasts a lifetime? It has been known to happen. What if all you had to do to avoid all of this was to let go in the beginning? If you had, you would have gone up instead of down. That's how it works. When a blockage gets hit, it's a good thing. It's time to open up internally and release that blocked energy. If you let go and permit the purification process to take place inside, that blocked energy will be released. When it's released and allowed to flow up, it becomes purified and merges back into your center of consciousness. 
This energy then strengthens you instead of weakening you. You begin to go up and up, higher and higher, and you learn the secret of the ascent. The secret of the ascent is to never look down. Always look up. No matter what happens below you, just turn your eyes upward. Relax your heart. You do not have to leave the seat of the self in order to deal with darkness. It will purify itself if you let it. Getting involved in the darkness does not dispel darkness. It feeds it. Don't even turn towards it. If you see disturbed energies within you, it's okay. Don't think that you have blockages left to release. Just sit in the seat of awareness and never leave. No matter what goes on below you, open your heart and let it go. Your heart will become purified and you will never know another fall. If you fall along the way, just get up and forget it. Use the lesson to strengthen your resolve. Let go right then. Do not rationalize. Do not blame or try to figure it out. Don't do anything. Just let go immediately and allow the energy to go back to the highest center of consciousness it can achieve. If you feel shame, let it go. If you feel fear, let it go. All of these are the remnants of blocked energy that's finally being purified. Always let go as soon as you're aware that you didn't. Don't waste your time. Use the energy to go up. You are a great being who has been given a tremendous opportunity to explore beyond yourself. The whole process is very exciting and you will have good times and bad times. All sorts of things will happen. That's the fun of the journey. So don't fall. Let go. No matter what it is, let it go. The bigger it is, the higher the reward of letting go and the worse the fall if you don't. It's pretty black and white. You either let go or you don't. There really isn't anything in between. So let all of your blockages and disturbances become the fuel for your journey. That which is holding you down can become a powerful force that raises you up. You just have to be willing to take the ascent. Ooh, that was a good one. I hope something there hits you right in the heart. My favorite part was anything you put out comes back. Y'all, your energy is who you are. It's an aura around you that radiates 10 feet in every direction. People feel it. You attract different people into your life when you let go, when you don't dwell on the past, when you don't lose sleep over the future. I always talk about letting go and realizing life is happening for you and it's all out of your control. And this chapter was so powerful in this book. And I, like I said, I highly recommend this book. But sometimes we get caught up in our, in our stuff, right? And our stuff gets hit and our heart gets hit. And we dwell over it. And we waste precious minutes and moments and days of our lives, sometimes years. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe there's a breakup in a relationship. Whatever it is, let your stuff get hit. And realize what you put out is going to come back to you. But living in fear and being afraid of what might happen is no way to live your life. Life will continually create situations that push you to your edge. I learned this in yoga a long time ago. It's going to get uncomfortable. But find your edge and stay there. Sit with it. Breathe through it. Watch what it does for you. I love you all so much. 
please take what you need and leave what you don't. If you have 15 seconds, please, please, please leave a review. Share this podcast with a friend. I love sharing my journey with you. I love just talking about mental health, nutrition, life, relationships, all the things that hit us every single day. Even poop, you know? Sometimes you just got to get down to the nitty gritty and talk about things people don't want to talk about. (laughs) Again, I love y'all so much. Be kind, give back, drink your water, eat your veggies, smile.